Aja. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, the angle of this is so awkward. Hello and welcome back to the Daily Bible Reading Show. I thought just because I mentioned Ezekiel chapter 3 uh, just a few moments ago when I was doing Psalm 40, I thought I would just read Ezekiel chapter 3 anyway. So this is Ezekiel chapter 3. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you, eat the scroll, then go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Then he said to me, Son of man, eat makan, eat the scroll and giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. You're not being sent to a people of obscure speech and difficult language, but to the house of Israel, not to many peoples of obscure speech and difficult language whose words you cannot understand. Surely if I'd send them, sent you to them, they would have listened to you. But the house of Israel is not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For the whole house of Israel is hardened and obstinate, but I will make you as unyielding and as hardened as they are. I will make your forehead like the hardest stone, hardened and flint. <laughs> Do not be afraid of them or terrified of them, though they are a rebellious house. And he said to me, God said to me, son of man, listen carefully and take to heart all the words I speak to you. Go now to your countrymen in exile and speak to them. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, uh, whether they listen uh, or fail to listen. Then the spirit lifted me up and I heard behind, behind me a loud rumbling sound. May the glory of the Lord be praised in his dwelling place. The sound of the wings of the living creatures brushing against each other and the sound of the wheels behind, beside them, a sound, a loud rumbling sound. The spirit then lifted me up and took me away and I went in bitterness and in anger of my spirit with the strong hand of the Lord upon me. I came to the exiles who lived at Tel Abib near the Kibar River. And there where they were living, I sat among them for seven days, overwhelmed. Verse 16, at the end of seven days, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. So hear the word I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to a wicked man, you will surely die and you do not warn him or speak how to dissuade him from his evil ways in order to save his life, that wicked man will die for his sin and I will hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the wicked man and he does not turn from his wickedness or from his evil ways, he will die for his sin, but you would have saved yourself. Again, verse 20, when a righteous man turns from his righteousness and does evil. And I put a stumbling block before him. He will die. Since you did not warn him, he will die for his sin. The righteous things he did will not be remembered. And I'll hold you accountable for his blood. But if you do warn the righteous man not to sin, and he does not sin, he will surely live because he took warning and you would have saved yourself. Verse 22, the hand of the Lord was upon me there. And he said to me, get up and go out to the plain and there I will speak to you. So I got up and went out to the plain and the glory of the Lord was standing there like the glory I'd seen at the Kibar River. And I fell face down. 
Then the spirit came into me and raised me to my feet. I spoke to him and said, go, shut yourself inside the house. And you, son of man, you will tie with ropes. You will be bound so that you cannot go out among the people. I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you will be silent and unable to rebuke them, though they are a rebellious house. But when I speak to you, I will open your mouth. And you shall say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Whoever will listen, let him listen. And whoever will refuse him, let him refuse. For they are a rebellious house. Okay, so (laughs) lots of stuff happening here. What's going on? Maybe just looking at the location. Verse 15, I came to the exiles near the Kibar River. And the Kibar River, if you remember, a couple of days ago, I did a reading from Ezekiel chapter one. That's the location where Ezekiel met God. So this is in Babylon. This is away from Jerusalem. They've been exiled. And this is where Ezekiel first met God by this river. And this is like the concluding (laughs) part three of that vision with God. You know, God finally concludes this vision with kind of like lifting him up again and giving him this final word. And this word begins with uh, Ezekiel eating a scroll. I know you scroll, you take a piece of paper, <laughs> you kind of roll it up. That, that's a scroll. Actually, my neighbor, you know, my neighbor actually wrote me this. You know, who, who writes writes notes anymore? But my neighbor is like 90. <laughs> so, so he writes me still notes. But imagine in the old days, you write a note, you write it, put it in a scroll. And God says, take this scroll and eat it. And if you look to the end of chapter two, it says this scroll on both sides were written words of lament and mourning and woe. So it's bad news, bad news. You know, you know God's going to judge you, that kind of scroll. And then when he ate it, right, what happened was he didn't want to do this. He ate it. But then he said, I ate it, verse uh, three, and it tasted as sweet as honey. And that's surprising because these are words that are so difficult, maybe even to say out to out, you're trying to tell someone, your friend, right? You know, this is bad news. You know, God is holy and you've rebelled against him. There's going to be judgment. It's going to be horrible. It's going to be painful. But somehow there's a kind of sweetness, even in knowing God's word and actually speaking it out because there's a kind of obedience to God when you do speak out God's word. And we deal with that at the end, right? And you remember when God says, if you speak this word to the people and he gives us two scenarios, you know, there's one guy who's, 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 who's going to die and then you didn't warn him or there's this guy who's good, but then he, he, he rebels against God and then you didn't warn him. And he says, if you don't speak out this word, you would be held accountable for their blood. But if you do speak it, you would have saved yourself. He says it twice in verse 19, you would have saved yourself. And verse 21, you would have saved yourself. Meaning this is a kind of a personal faithfulness test for Ezekiel himself. Will you speak this word of God? Whether it seems good to you or bad, will you speak it faithfully to people whom God has asked you to speak this word to? And if you do, there's a kind of incentive. You would have saved yourself. And there's kind of a sweetness to it, a kind of sweetness to faithfulness in speaking God's word in season and out of season. And that's kind of like the whole kind of like um, tenor, the kind of tone of this passage. You know, will we hear God's word for what it is, whether it's hard or difficult, but will we then also live it out and speak it out to the people around me? So two sections. The first beginning section talks about how people won't want to listen to you, Ezekiel. says, you're going to speak this word. They won't want to listen to you, especially because they know you. 
And, and then that's a surprising thing. You think that if you speak to your friends, or you know, you know, just just being able to speak from Malaysian to Malaysian, you know, you speak, you say the lad, the law, you know, you're speaking the same language. But God is almost saying, because you're so familiar, they will reject you. You know, He says in verse five, you're being sent to a people, you're not being sent, sorry, to a people of obscure speech of difficult language. What do you think? You know, uh, uh, For me, actually, I can't speak Chinese. <laughs> I'm a fake Chinese. I can't actually speak Chinese. I, one of my terrible nightmares is actually preaching in the Chinese congregation, which I have, I've tried once before. I had to have a translation, right? I said, oh, those guys won't understand me. And God's saying, I'm not sending you to that kind of difficult situation where you can't speak to them. But it says, I'm sending you to the house of Israel, verse six, not to people of obscure speech of difficult language, but you know, they can understand you. They know what you're saying. But because they can understand you, they will not listen to you. Verse 7, this house is not willing to listen to you because they're not willing to listen to me. And here is a kind of situation whereby it's possible to inoculize, to vaccinate yourself against the gospel. You know, you, usually you vaccinate yourselves because you, the idea is that you have a strain of the virus so that when the real virus comes, oh, you'll be able to fight it off. You have these antibodies. But God is saying it's possible for, you, for yourself to vaccinate yourself against the gospel, to give people just a little bit of the gospel such that when they hear the real thing, they'll reject it. Because that's, that's, what, that's the context, you know. This is Israel. They've heard God's word all their lives. They know Ezekiel. They, they've heard the language. They're familiar with it. But because of that familiarity comes this contempt, this natural antibody reaction towards the real thing. Now is God speaking to them. Now is them rejecting God's word. And that's kind of a sobering thing. If you're at all, you know, in a position whereby God has put you to speak, you know, the truth and love to your friends, expect this. Expect that sometimes because they're your friends, they reject you out of familiarity. Because they've rejected not you, they've rejected me. They won't listen to me. But he says, verse eight, I will make you as stubborn, as unyielding as them. And he says, verse nine, I'll make your forehead as. <laughs> He's saying that they're stubborn. I'll make you even more stubborn. And he says, therefore, just keep speaking. Just keep going. You know, you won't give up. And so that's the first section, the first half, whereby talking about the audience, you know, expect this opposition, but also keep speaking. There's a kind of sweetness in being faithful and speaking out and not stopping from speaking God's word, even to your friends. But in the second section, you know, and this comes in the, in the middle again, he's in the Kiba River. He's just seeing God's vision. At the, at the end of it, he is just overwhelmed. He says, you know, verse 15, I sat among them for seven days, overwhelmed. I mean, and this encounter with God just blew him, <laughs> blew him aside. He, it was just so overwhelming. And so for seven days, he couldn't do anything. But after seven days, God spoke to him again. And then God sends him into kind of like a mini exile. You know, um, verse 24, the spirit came to me and said to me, go shut yourself inside your, your house. You know, kind of, what's, quarantine yourself. <laughs> the spirit said, quarantine yourself in your own home. Don't go out. Don't talk to anyone. Isolate yourself. Why? Because, you know, they will tie you with ropes. You will be bound so that you cannot go out to the people. So even if you wanted to, you can't talk to your friends. You have to self-isolate. It's just this sounds familiar. <laughs> but he says, also, I will do this to you. Verse 26, I will make your tongue stick to the roof of your mouth so that you aren't able to say to them any of the good things or the bad things, you know, you, whether it's rebuke them, even though they're a rebellious house. But suddenly what will happen is that God will speak to him. And the idea is that he will only be able to speak 
only the things that God has given him to speak. Nothing else. He can't think of things on his own. He can't just react to the situations. Oh, you shouldn't do that. Or you should be doing this. It says the only things he'll be allowed to open his mouth and speak are only the exact words that gives that God gives him. Verse 27, but when I speak to you, I will open your mouth and you shall say to them, this is what the Lord says. By the way, this is the basis of prophecy. Prophecy is not saying someone who tomorrow is going to rain or tomorrow is going to happen. Prophecy is saying this is what the Lord says. It's only speaking what God's word says. And therefore you're being used by God. Your mouth is being used by God. Your words are being used by God to speak only what God is saying to the people. And he says, whoever will listen, will listen. But whoever refuses to listen, they will not resist. And by the way, Jesus said this, right? You know, let him who has ears, let him hear. And Jesus, therefore, is the ultimate prophet, not only because he spoke God's word, but because he was God's word. Everything he said, everything he did, everything he lived out was an exact picture, exact representation of what God wanted to say to him. But here is that picture here, that mini picture in the past to Ezekiel, in the way that he was shut in, in the way that he opened up, and the way that he only spoke the words that God gave him. There's a kind of weightiness here to the definition of what it means to speak God's word. It means not speaking anything else, trying not to put in your own ideas into it, but being so careful to listen, to obey, and to only say what God is saying to you, to the people around you. And that's Ezekiel chapter three, a picture of faithfulness, a weightiness of hearing God's word, but then speaking it as faithfully, as clearly as possible. Some of it's difficult, you know, swallowing the scroll, imagine eating this scroll. <laughs> and that means it's saying that you have to internalize whatever God's going to say to you. You have to internalize it first, especially those hard words, words of lament and mourning. But as you do this, and as you speak it out, it, there is a kind of sweetness, the kind of faithfulness in speaking it just as God has given it to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Ezekiel and his picture of faithfulness that points forward to Jesus, how in his obedience, his faithfulness, he was your word personified and he was your word to us, of judgment, of salvation, of forgiveness, and of love. Help us to receive it. Help us to speak of Jesus in our lives for all of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Take care and God bless. Bye.